Welcome to Leadership Network's Future Church Podcast, a podcast with groundbreaking ideas curated just for you. With the need for the gospel in our generation, we must not look for a silver bullet approach. We believe there are many expressions of the local church. Learn how today's thought leaders are navigating the future of the church, 21st century solutions to 21st century challenges. We help leaders get the clarity needed to move from good ideas and intentions to results and impact. For more information about Leadership Network's resources, is to help you pursue healthy growth and 100x impact, visit leadnet.org. Welcome to Leadership Network's Future Church Podcast. My name is Hal Mayer, and today I'm talking with Scott Wohler with the Corner Church. Good afternoon, Scott. How's it going? Good to be here. Good. Uh, tell me a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, I am a farm kid who has crossed over from, uh, I've now lived in downtown Minneapolis longer than I ever lived on a farm. Uh, okay. I'm a, I'm an old, well, I say that in your presence. I'm an old guy. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, my, I'm, I'm an empty nester. And so I have, I have two kids that are one out of college and one in college. Uh, my wife and I have been married. We've been married for 20, just almost coming up on 27 years. Okay. And uh, um, yeah, I uh, went into ministry and student ministry, was planning on doing that for the rest of my life. And I told God that maybe by his, uh, some prompting, some challenges, some moments said, God, all right, maybe I'll plant a church in 2020. And uh, I guess sometimes we're ahead of, ahead of schedule. That was my <laughs> prayer. Uh, we planted in 2006 Corner Church in downtown Minneapolis. And uh and so here we are, still running at it uh, 18 years later. Okay, well, tell us a little bit about Corner Church and your philosophy behind it, that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, the most simple is that Corner Church, our passion is to have a, our mission is to have a Corner Church and a valued and community business within walking distance of everybody in the urban dense parts of our city. And so practically how that's lived out today and ongoing is we have uh, four corner church communities. Each community is inside of a corner coffee. And uh, so we have coffee shops, for, uh, for-profit community coffee shops that function six days a week, and then church on Sundays inside of those coffee shops. And uh, our focus is to keep multiplying, do it again to, again, walking distance and seeing that here in Minneapolis or the Twin Cities, but uh, also having passion, not only in the United States, but globally and using co-used uh, missional space. And so, yeah, we're wicked, living, walking that out. It's, I would have thought 18 years down the road that we would be much better at it than we are today, but uh, we're figuring it out and hopefully better today than yesterday. So what are some things you've learned along the way? Uh, so our, one of our passions, so that our mission, again, is to have these churches and coffee shops, but uh, we also know that we're really called to be in communities that aren't uh, plant churches and communities where there isn't a crowd of people that have been praying for decades that okay. a church would be planted in community. Uh, so it's it's uh, post-church culture or unchurched culture. And so definitely some of the challenges that I wouldn't have really seen depth of them uh, almost two decades ago was that like really discipling people takes a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um we providentially, we really knew that we needed to have 
church needed to be first and business needed to be second. And because uh, we thought uh, that's that was our our purpose is to do the church. But it's very easy to think, well, let's do let's really focus on the business. And once that settles off and becomes sustainable or easy, then we'll focus on ministry and uh, uh, business uh, generally never becomes easy. No. It never falls off. It's always complicated. And so when you bring those things together, discipling takes a ton of time and business is a lot of work. You got to have a great team and uh, you got to be in it for the long game. So that's definitely a huge lesson as we've walked. So tell us the philosophy. If you're going to start a a new corner church, uh, what are you looking for? What are you doing? So we're strategic in community where we like collect communities that we want to plant in, you know, sometimes uh, in Church planting, it can be easy, like, all right, God, where is the spot? And we uh, we love to collect them. Like, we want <laughs> as many spots as possible. So we have a long list of places of communities that we're praying for, hoping to be in. Uh, some of the markers in them, again, are communities where uh, cross-denominationally there is uh, uh, an absence of church. Okay. Uh, or churches, churches uh, have... We love communities where people say, that's where churches are planted to die. Oh, that's our favorite. <laughs> uh, and so um, in that, again, it's it's post-church communities. And then from that, so we, with our growing or uh, some would say immense list, uh, we really try to, next step is in uh, communal leadership. Who's going to be a, a pastor or a focal leader in that community? Um, and so when that person is identified or steps up, you know, there's sometimes somebody might say, this is, this is where I want to, or need to be, or am passionate to be. And sometimes it's discovering with, with them, uh, where, where they fit best. And then from that, it's, it's build team, uh, become valued in community and then launch. So that's our, so that's a you, very you simple. Launch, what do you launch first? The coffee shop? For the church or simultaneous? Always the church. We'll do, we could do a hundred years of church without a valued and community business, but we won't do a day of business without, without church. Okay. Sounds like mantra there. Yeah. Well, the thing I, again, and I've, after doing this for a little while, it's very easy to find in church and business. Again, it's very easy to say once the business is, uh, again, sustainable. Once it's once it's going, we're going to focus on that first. It never happens, and and so it's too easy to never ever plant or launch the church. So we know we're not that good. So we're going to go church first. So the four you have, um, yep. are they paying for themselves? I mean, does the coffee house pretty much pay the six sevenths, and the church picks up one seventh, or how does that work? Yeah. So uh, not not like that really at all. It's uh, so there is a, the economic piece of doing the business is that we're able to have the church pay one seventh of our lease of the space. Um, the coffee shops are not paying our pastoral staff or paying ministry budget, uh, but they are, it, subsidizing isn't the right word, but they do right. subsidize our leases because they're working, they're working spaces. And then the church pays one seventh of our lease. And so it's, at least in Minnesota or in an urban environment, it's pretty easy for a church to have 40 to 60% of their annual budget go towards space. And we're able to keep that down a ways, again, when we're functioning as a church and a business. 
Uh, and that allows us to have capacity to fund ministry and pay our pastoral staff. And so there's the missional end of it is that, you know, it's not about the money. Uh, the right. missional end is that in a community, we get to have hundreds of people that come in and out of our doors every day and that we get to be a value, valuable part of their life. And uh, uh, most people, for sure, initially, they don't say, let's go to that church coffee shop. In fact, that would be a great way to close down a coffee shop in your local community is make it the church coffee shop. But uh, we, uh, what we see, and again, is the foundation of our evangelism is redefinition. And so a coffee shop allows us to build a relationship with people that live or work close by uh, okay. three, three to six times a week and be there again the next week. And, uh, and what's discovered through that relationship over time is that it's, there's connection to the church and we are the church. And that's, that's where the beauty happens. Sure. So typically does the pastor run the coffee shop or is he the business manager or no? No, again, uh, we're not, not that good or not that we have money to do it, but I, through repetition and seeing in, in other ministries in the around the world is that if you try to be the point person of a business and a pastor of a church, it's uh, it's two jobs that are a little bit more than full time. Okay, and it's not really sustainable. So our goal is that our pastors would spend about ten percent of their time on coffee shop stuff, and uh, be able to spend ninety percent of their time on on the in their pastoral ministry world. And are they full time? They are. Yep. <clears throat> Again, I would, we would love to figure out how to do part-time or co-votational pastor uh, at all, or if, if not, at least better. It just, it's, it's so stinking hard to find time to help people be healthy and do ministry at the same time. And so send people so our way that haven't figured out. <laughs> yeah. So uh, tell me about your Churches that meet in there. I mean, what's the average attendance in those? What's that feel like? Sure. Do they have kids ministry? Do they do worship? Or is it small groups? Or, you know, just kind of describe what it would be, feel like if I went or anybody went. Yeah. So our, uh, there are some things that I suppose are different in our Sunday gathering. Uh, we, at least in our vernacular, hopefully it's a reality, is we're not necessarily Sunday-centric. Uh, we do value the Sunday gathering, but... Our Sunday services are, they range from, depending on community, and we do multiple services because they're in the coffee shops. So they can they can range from, you know, 10 or 15 to 30 to 40 is too much generally. And, uh, and then doing multiple services. Uh, there'll be a worship aspect for sure. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be less overwhelming band, more, you know, acoustic yeah. musician, singer, songwriter type of a feel. And uh, probably, I, again, I, we love, we're, we're like uh, learning science, uh, like processing nerds as a community. We really want to focus on trying to bring uh, dialogue, not trying, we bring dialogue to our teaching and our processing. And it's, uh, well, I think it's natural in any environment. It's very natural to push conversation back to the table in all of our teaching. And so we incorporate that. So you would expect to, uh, really struggle to hide out at Corner Church and uh, really be invited to engage in the conversation, no matter where you're at, in faith and belief and processing. But we really want to hold everybody's perspective as uh, being important as we all move together. And so 
yes, services are very casual and relational. And, and believe it or not, we uh, we have coffee and refreshments. Uh, I, 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 I bet that's right. So uh, I've heard you share some life change stories. Uh, give us one or two. For sure. Um, so even like, so there's historic ones in our life and our community. We have people that have been part of our church for quite a while. There's a gentleman named uh, Dick, who is a, uh, he's been discipled in our community for coming up on a decade, which is hard to believe how time flies. But um, when he got baptized uh, probably six years ago, uh, there were a bunch of people that came that I'd never met before to that on a shore in Minneapolis of a lake. It uh -huh. came and said, Dick is the last person we ever thought would get baptized. So we thought we would come and see. And uh, <laughs> uh, he, uh, he's a Jewish gentleman that is, uh, again, has he has Jewish baggage and Christian baggage. And but he values being at a close to a faith community that he can walk to and one that he is allowed to process in. And uh, it's been amazing to see, you know, this guy that uh, felt like he probably wouldn't be welcome in any church to now he is caring for, he's like the body of Christ in his building in downtown Minneapolis in his condo building. Uh, if people uh, in his building need a, a dog taken care of when they have a broken ankle, which was my my daughter's boyfriend lives in his building and broke his ankle skiing. And all of a sudden I find out outside of any of my knowing that Dick was walking his dog, <laughs> taking care of his neighbor. And so Dick is just a, uh, just a incredible neighbor to his community. And it's just really through transformation of his just love for Jesus and goes, I can't get away from this. I think Jesus is the Messiah and, and my people missed it. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> To the other end of it, as in just uh, just in this week, just connecting with a gentleman named Rishi. He's, uh, again, just such a beautiful guy in our neighborhood, is, uh, lives just uh, two blocks away, and uh, has had so many challenges over the last six months of his life. And uh, um, just yesterday, just I happened to get together with him. It's definitely not me as the center of all of these moments, but got together with him, and he just verbalized a lot of the challenges that he's facing and uh, to bring that to uh, to faith, to bring that to church, bring that to, to Christ was uh, such an important process as opposed to holding that all in. To be vulnerable about struggle is what a beautiful moment. And so when you're in a community that uh, being okay or being seen as being healthy or thriving or affluent or successful is a the highest regard to be honest with where you're at and struggle is uh, about as beautiful as it gets. If you're like most leaders, no one ever actually taught you how to lead a church. Even if you ace seminary, there are so many unanswered questions and problems that no one equipped you for. It's time to take the mystery out of leading your church forward. The Art of Leadership Academy is an online learning community created by Carrie Newhoff. Inside, you'll find a host of premium on-demand courses and the strategies and insights you need to lead and grow your church. Plus, the Art of Leadership Academy offers community hosted by qualified experts and peer-to-peer -peer learning. And you'll get live monthly coaching and done-for-you staff training, all for $397 a year. That's it. No catch. 
think of it as the best investment in leadership development you'll make all year. Go to theartofleadershipacademy.com to sign up. That's theartofleadershipacademy.com to learn more and to get instant access. So what are some of the challenges? I'm sure there's many, Hmm. but some of the things you face on a weekly basis that y'all have to deal with. Well, we really value doing church at human scale. And so what that means, again, is doing, we're not house church and we're not, we're definitely not mega church. And uh, so there's, there's house church can be unsustainable because of, you know, a family moves or there's too many kids or rent or whatever. And, uh, so some of the challenges that we face by being in human scale that again are different than maybe a house church is that it is scale. And so like in the summer, like uh, July and August in Minnesota, people are just radically busy because there's a thing coming called winter, which is different than in Florida, but I hear that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, when you have uh, you know, in a small community, when a, I don't know, 20 to 30% of people of families are, or individuals are uh, active in life that sometimes scalability is uh, always a challenge. Uh, Kids ministry in scale is also a a challenge. You know, I think it's not that it's easy to do kids ministry for a hundred kids, but I think it's sometimes it's more difficult to do kids ministry for 10 kids. Yeah. Yeah. When your youngest is two in the kids ministry and the oldest is 11, those are tough teacher moments. We always have I, it because of the business, you know, there's, uh, you know, I think a church can very easily take for granted the availability of their space, you know, to do meetings or gatherings, to have private meeting space. And I'm, I'm tucked away in a basement of one of our coffee shops right now. You can hear people walking above me, maybe a dog barking, but it's because, you know, if I would, our coffee shops are all full of people right now. We don't necessarily have an office complex or uh, uh, Sunday school rooms or, you know, a fellowship hall. It is what it it all is, the coffee shop. That's a challenge. Uh, I think our our jobs, our staffing jobs, for sure, like a coffee house manager, it, general manager is, uh, it's an incredible ask. And so even our pastor's jobs are, it's it's, it's not just sitting back and, sipping coffee and talking theology. There's a, there's a high ask for a lot of flexibility. And so we're always trying to find work-life balance in that to give space for us to be Christians and pastors at the same time. And so hopefully we do that sometimes, but you know, we've got, we've got a lot of challenges, even in economics, you know, while we have a, I think a sustainable system to do economics, I would have thought again, as far as we are down the road, that we would be economically stronger and our constant conversation is how do we make this uh, replicable quicker and more efficiently? And uh, for some, for a lot of different reasons, it's uh, um, we haven't been able to eliminate uh, financial needs in order to multiply. And so in, in one side of my mouth, I say, what a miracle that we have. We're in four communities and we're working on more. And the other side of my mouth, I go, what have we been doing just in yeah. four communities? And so... so- what what is your role? What do you do? Are you pastoring one of the churches? Or? Yeah, uh, I am. So my wife and I we planted Corner Church. Uh, 
we don't really use the vernacular, but I'm, you know, I am the lead pastor. Sure. I, usually our terminology in that means that if somebody had to go to jail, it would probably be me. And so uh, okay. that's, that's not a good measure, but that's one we joke about. But so I, but I, in the midst of that, I am a community pastor as well. And, uh, and then I'm a maintenance man at the coffee shop is also part of our, our <laughs> joke. We all have like our different skill sets. And so when I show up as the farm kid, uh, I can fix it. Okay. Yeah, I bet so. So uh, you've got managers at each of your coffee houses. You got pastors at each of the churches. Um, tell me, uh, t- t- what's when you started? Are you similar yeah. now? Or what are some innovations you made? Some things that you know we got to make adjustment here. Yeah, we've definitely just some different steps along the way. You know, when we planted from the beginning, we definitely. I mean, my wife and I, we would talk about how we don't do anything alone. This is a team thing. We're going to do this collaboratively. We're going to be focusing on synergy. Those are really empty words when it's just you, but man, they sounded good. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, when we went, when we first multiplied, uh, it was, and it's been a continual process as we multiplied, is to move us from, we're not a mothership model. And so, and and it's also to intentionally move from like founder ethos to communal or organizational ethos, because sure. uh, man, we don't want what we do to be impossible to reproduce. Because you know, myself or our team is the key factor in it. Now, team, and hopefully, I'm a part of it as well. But it can't just be because of the personality of the founding pastor or whatever. And so, one thing that has really changed in me over time is from really being a part of all major decisions or being a voice to a lot of coffee shop things to uh, really intentionally trying to step back and let our team people, let our coffee house managers, let even our community pastors to really have the freedom to be uh, the decision maker in their community. Uh, while we have incredible synergy, uh, it's we're not going to be, in fact, we don't even use the word campus or campus pastor because we're, we have communities and each community, while we have connection to each other, uh, we're not trying to replicate uh, one given community. We're trying to be the church in each community. And so I've been learning all along and definitely even more this week of where to let go and where to help and and how to serve and let people really shine as opposed to trying to be the end all be all, answer all. Right. I, I know the, the whole idea of uh, missional businesses Yep. It's come alive in recent years. And, you know, you hear of it with preschools and now coffee houses and all of that uh, terminology there. Um, if people want to know more about what you're doing, where can they go? Well, I'm I'm reachable. I mean, I'll even tell my cell phone number now, if that's OK. Six. Sure, you can tell. Go, oh, six, one, six Yeah. Six one two. 801-9233. People can text me. We're an open book. Uh, we hope that people don't make the f- same failures <laughs> that we've sure. done. They're usually really expensive. And so we, we're reachable. You can also go to our, our website. At, you know, it's corner.church or corner.coffee. And uh, you can mine for whatever they're worth. But uh, we're reachable. And uh, uh, one of the things that we're... Uh, 
really trying to be strategic in and are moving forward. And I think it's part of even uh, our connection with, with you, Hal, is that uh, we want to be very strategic in making what we do replicable. And uh, yeah. so uh, one of the things, our, our coffee house general manager, her name is Kelsey, and we're really trying to build out Kelsey Camp because uh, what she does, you know, I think there are a lot of great insights and even degrees to help you be a good pastor. But to be a ministry-minded general manager of a of a small business, uh, there just isn't a lot of experience in that. From daily accounting to staff management to vision to all, all, of, all of these things are r- incredibly complex. And so, you know, we're trying to build out again Kelsey Camp. Be looking for it; it's coming soon. But you know, the, uh, also we're we're very available for people to come and and hang with us for a day or half day or uh, all, we. We publish everything that we write, everything that we do. It's all all available because we not that we feel like we've got it all together, but we feel like it's so much work. Why would we ask somebody to start from the beginning? Right. So, what have I failed to ask you that you think everybody ought to know? Uh so I again, I the church planting world or ministry, you know, if it's apostolic or being a frontier thing. I we have a just a growing passion to make sure that some of the economic models of those things are not what's leading us where to go. Okay. So it it can be, there can be some simple math that says, where should we plant a church? And here is uh, you know, here's a community that'll grow quickly or here's a, whatever those X factors are. And some of those things can really, again, leave massive gaps and where we're, we're called to plant. It can be in rural. And also I, I can have passion for there's rural Minnesota or rural United States. And then there's also urban centric or the centers of our cities. And uh, both of those have a lot of really heavy complexities to why we wouldn't plant there. They just don't float. And so whatever the creativity that's in all of us to make those things work and be sustainable is so, so important. And uh, for us, again, it's the bringing together of business and mission. And uh, I hope that other people can be really creative and figuring out ways to do church where it just doesn't float. It isn't people aren't clamoring to get in the door, but rather discipleship really needs to happen. Well, Scott, it's exciting to hear uh, all you've done, all God's doing through you guys. Keep going and uh, thank you for your time today. Yeah, thank you. 